Happy Monday and welcome to the Around the World in 20 Minutes podcast, where we try to make sense of the beguiling new world we find ourselves in. And we have a great one today, El Loco and the Libertarian Revolution in Argentina. This is another one of those examples where I'm having a great sense of schadenfreude and enjoying myself. As everyone who knows me, follows our podcast and our community knows, I'm a, a number of isms. I'm a libertarian in general. I'm certainly a believer in Thatcher's revolution and the free market uh, championing of capitalism. Um, I'm a Thatcherite to my bones. I'm a Jeffersonian to my bones. And I believe that our elite, our statist center-left elite, can't make sense of the fact that they keep failing. The reason they fail is that they're as who and what they are, the statist leftists. And there's no better example. I mean, it's an extreme one, I'll admit this, but there's no better example of this than Argentina. And I love reading The Guardian and other lefties in, in Britain writing today where they can't quite work out how Javier Millet beat the Peronists and assumed libertarian control of Argentina. They can't quite work out how a, a libertarian could possibly be allowed to run anything when obviously one should leave everything to the center-left establishment. And yet, I think if you look, it's, it's pretty clear that I have the reverse view. I can't imagine anybody not voting for Javier Malay in the last election in Argentina. If ever you want an example of statism not working, of why social democracy is an unmitigated disaster, of why the vast debts we have in the West and the, and the industrialized world, the sclerosis, the debt rate, the lack of getting anything done, if you want this in an extreme version, you get it in Argentina. It's estimated that literally half the people in Argentina, yes, half the people are on some form of social benefit. You can't survive in a society where half the people opt out and say their foot is hurting them. It simply won't work. Argentina, like many countries in South America, is blessed with abundant resources and ought to be and was a booming emerging power a hundred years ago, and that it's been a basket case ever since is due to the Peronism, uh, which is what the ideology of the established elite in Argentina, named after Juan Perón, the Nazi-loving general. Anybody who's seen Evita, you've seen, again, a leftist fantasy about that group. Perón was, among many things, a purveyor of 14-year-old of, of girls, a horrible, horrible man espousing crypto-fascist views and being a status to his core, Peronism has moved from the far right to the left, but the statism, the corporatism, and the corruption that characterized Juan Perón himself and the sainted Evita continue with the current group in, in, in the phase of the Kirchners um, and, and the present government. And the idea that somehow Malay locked out, or this is astounding, that you pick an outsider. I mean, this is just the desperation of Argentina showing. Things literally can't be any worse than voting against this elite that has run this country with all these resources and all this potential into a ditch. And so I'm, I'm amazed that anybody wouldn't vote for Javier Malay. Uh, but what we now have is a fascinating situation. We have a country where the elite is undoubtedly a catastrophe. This is not an ideological point of view. This is a facts-based point of view. Again, half the people are on benefit. The candidate for the presidency against Malay 
Sergio Massa, you couldn't have picked a worse person. Massa's actually the finance minister of the present government, the Fernandez government of Alberto Fernandez. And what you get from this and the king, the queen maker behind the throne, Cristina Fernandez, no relation, um, and the former president, the corruption-plagued, incompetent president, Evita without the glamour. And what you get with Massa is you have a man running for president against Malay, who is the finance minister of a country where the inflation rate is 140%. Let me say that again. The inflation rate presently in Argentina is 140%. More than 40% of the population live in poverty, and half the people in the population are on benefit. Those three facts alone lead you to believe this is a country that almost can't do worse. Massa and the Peronists have led to 140% inflation, more than 40% of the people being in poverty, and half the people being on some form of benefit or another. So it, it's really hard to see how anybody would vote for this. There's a reason that Malay's nickname is El Loco, and we're going to get to it in a minute, and he's certainly a gamble, but a gamble that makes perfect sense from the desperation of the Argentinian people. And we now have a laboratory for Malay's libertarian politics to come. But before we get into that, this guy is an original. Uh, to say he's a Trumpist or like Bolsonaro really does miss the point. Uh, whereas Trump and Bolsonaro are rightists who want to use the state to do various things. Malay really is, as he puts it, an anarcho-capitalist. He's a libertarian, and he's, he has the training. He's an economist by trade. He worked for a large bank um, whose name shall remain, who shall remain nameless in Argentina. He has two master's degrees in economics, um, and he made his name as a TV pundit um, in Argentinian talk shows, really even then bravely deserting from the norm and saying things that were heretical in Argentina, like, obviously this isn't working. Obviously we need radical reform of the country. We need to free up capitalism from the shackles of Peronism to make it work. And he's been saying this for a long time and became very well known um, about this. But this guy is not just a Trump or Bolsonaro clone, which is what you're going to hear from the lazy mainstream media who can't figure out how one of their own again an establishment candidate could possibly lose. Again, self-reflection is not the strength of our present elite. And this guy is not just Bolsonaro in Brazil or Trump in the United States. He's a, he's a genuine original and, and an eccentric on his own. Um, for instance, he goes on TV and while he's talking about the free market, he also says he is a guru of tantric sex. He owns five English Mastiff dogs, Mastiff, think how do the Baskervilles dogs Five Mastiff dogs. Each one is named after a free market economist, which I think is hysterical, as I name my cats after the founders of the country and great men. There's Mandela, of course, George for George Washington and Winston for Churchill. So I, I have some sympathy with him here. And, and, and beneath all this, he goes around saying things like, we need to absolutely destroy the state and begin again. Uh, but he's, he's a genuine original. This guy believes it. There's an ideological component here. He's less a nationalist and more ideological about libertarianism. And let me give you the best example. He was asked on TV who the greatest football player of all time was, which is a question in Football Mad Argentina that you're going to be asked. And El Loco, 
as his classmates dubbed him, the madman, said, I think Pele is the greatest player ever. Now, outside of South America, this might make sense, but in Football Mad Argentina, the reflexive answer on who the greatest footballer of all time is, is, of course, the sainted, un unreasonably sainted, Maradona. And just using facts, Malay said, no, I think Pele's a better player. He won more championships. He did better statistically. And he gives this answer, which would sink most other politicians in the country. But people love his truthfulness, that he tells things as he sees them in this really rigidly conformist society where the Peronists have run things really for the last seven decades um, on and off. But I've been the party of government, the party in power most of the time. Um, Malay, who is not part of the standard right-wing opposition, but is a maverick outside of that, tells it like he sees it, and that works in this time of catastrophe in the country. He decisively beat Sergio Massa in the presidential runoff, winning 56 to 44, overwhelming victory. In fact, it's the greatest single victory, 56-44, percentage-wise, of any presidential candidate since Argentina became a democracy again in 1983. So this is an unprecedented victory. He didn't win by a little. He won in a landslide. Um, he is certainly a, a, makes no bones about being a right-wing libertarian, um, and, and this is really his touchstone, and he promises to cut the Argentine state back to the bare minimum, from being one of the most bloated countries in the world with half the people on benefit, 140% inflation, he, he's going to cut it back to the bare minimum. So this is going to be a laboratory for seeing how unfettered capitalism might work with really all the forces of the establishment arrayed against him. He won all but three of Argentina's provinces. So again, an overwhelming victory. Uh, and, the, and the answer is simple, 140% inflation, 40% living in poverty, half living on benefit. And, that, and people know this just can't go on if they're ever going to amount to anything. The, the problem with half the people living on benefit is that benefits, of course, are fixed. And if half the people have a fixed subsidy and you have massive hyperinflation at 140%, suddenly that fixed subsidy amounts to not much of anything, making even people who would normally be for the establishment, the people doling out the check to them against them because the check matters less and less and less. And so that's really what's going on. So what does Malay say he's going to do as a program? And he is programmatic. Uh, beyond being El Loco and talking about the joys of tantric sex and, and the five mastiffs uh, named after free market economists, um, he says the first thing he's going to do is he plans to close down the country's central bank, that this has been absolutely disastrous, that this is cronyism. The parents put their buddies in, they print cheap money, and you have the result. You try to buy off the electorate while ruining the long-term health of the economy. So he's going to close it down which is drastic. Second, he's going to introduce the U.S. dollar as a currency. There are other Latin American countries that have done this, and it is the, by far the easiest way to chop down massive inflation. But the dollarization of the currency, uh, getting rid of the peso and using the U.S. dollar, means you're handing over monetary policy indirectly to the U.S. Federal Reserve. Now, while that's a better bet than the corruption-ridden Central Bank of Argentina, that also entails an awful lot of suffering, that it will break the fever of inflation, but at great cost. And so this is the single great gamble of Malay's presidency. As he dollarizes the country, 
Can the people of Argentina, used to a pretty cushy deal, survive with dollarization and, and what that means uh, in order to break the fever of inflation? Three, he's for decreasing taxes, putting more money back into their hands. Four, he's for privatizing most state industries, um, which is also part of the deal that, that, that he's following. So this is a radical hyper-Thatcherite, hyper-libertarian program enacted with pretty much everybody against him. And this is really going to be the problem. He has no real experience as a TV pundit and congressman governing because he has this outside party that's really just a faction that's devoted to him. He doesn't have a majority in either branch of Congress. And so how much of this radical agenda he can get done when he doesn't have a majority in Congress remains to be seen. And also on some of the things that, tri that tripped up both Bolsonaro and Trump uh, that I think both of them would agree with is that their staffing was dismal. And if you don't staff ideologically well, I think, by the way, if Trump were to win again, I think he will staff much better. When I'm in D.C., everybody in the Trump team says, we know we staffed very badly. We're going to do better next time because, because as Ronald Reagan said, people make policy. And so this is the key. Can Malay staff and govern well with all these forces arrayed against him to enact this radical plan of doing away with the central bank, dollarizing the country, getting rid of the peso, decreasing taxes, privatizing most state industries, and eliminating up to a dozen ministries. These over-bloated ministries, the ministry to sit around and get a paycheck because I know people, getting rid of this. Can he do that with all these forces and interests arrayed against him, meaning can he govern well? Um, can El Loco do this? But again, all his life, I mean, and this is not an act, he's been rebellious and eccentric ever since school where he would, he would launch into tirades at his teachers. Um, again, he's, he's quite a unique guy. He's an amateur rock musician. He served in a Rolling Stones cover band. That explains the, the massive sideburns. He's been a successful economist, but made his name as a TV pundit. Again, this is where he comes from. He's the son of a bus driver. He admires Trump, but again, is much more ideological and libertarian than Trump is um, and comes from a much poorer background and has been far more academic. So there are similarities, but there are real differences. Don't just buy he's another Trump. That's lazy thinking. We have to do better about explaining the differences in the world. Um, and as he goes, even if he sees the differences as simple as Pele versus Maradona, um, that's an important to know what he's about. And again, the key question is, can anarcho-capitalism work with all these forces arrayed against it? This would seem to be an ideal laboratory to find out because people are desperate enough to give him a chance. But the main Peronist and establishment interests of both the mainstream left, particularly, but also the center right, are going to be arrayed against him. He becomes president December 10th of this year. And he says, and I think this is certainly right, in line with FDR, that he's got to enact these reforms quickly. That if he waits, all the forces arrayed against him will gather strength, bog down his legislation in Congress and not enable him to get much done. So he needs to move fast. And dollarization, again, is the key to the whole program, though the rest is awfully radical as well. It's the best means, certainly, to destroy inflation. But along the way, can the people deal with the austerity that will come with it and the fiscal discipline that nobody in Argentina, to put it mildly, is used to. The problem for him, again, is he doesn't control Congress. Uh, he's thinking and already talking about reaching an alliance with the center-right 
in order to govern. But he can point to the fact that things are so awful and try to leverage people to say, if you want to be reelected, you simply have to do something. Another negative beyond all the ones that I've mentioned is Argentina owes the IMF 44 billion whopping dollars. So something's got to give, to quote the great Johnny Mercer, and, and he knows that. Congress itself is highly fragmented in Argentina. There's no single party that has a majority. You, if This is rather similar to Brazil. You cobble together majorities issue by issue and case by case. That's just the way the system works. And so that's how Malay will have to function. He might be able to get a mainstream center-right party on board, but depending on the piece of legislation he's putting forward, he's going to have to govern issue by issue. But again, this is traditionally organically part of the experience in South America democratically. So it's his skill is open to question, but that this is how it's done is really not open to question um, as he goes forward. He can also try to leverage them again by saying he has the highest percentage win for the presidency since democracy returned to Argentina in 1983. Um, there are a number of things beyond the fact can he govern and can he staff well. The third problem is he is quite ideological. And he says, for instance, he wants to cut ties with Argentina's two biggest trading partners, which in the short run, if done drastically, would seem to be disastrous. These are China and Brazil. The reason he wants to cut ties with his two biggest trading partners are that China and Brazil are both leftist governments. Brazil led by Lula, China by Xi Jinping. It sounds nice to get rid of them, but until you get other trading partners up and running, a more gradual approach might make sense. So how serious he is about this and how quick he wants to move is the third point as we go along to watch for. Um, and again, he wants to close more than a dozen ministries. Well worth doing, but he's going to have everyone in the establishment whose stupid cousin he has a job in the ministry for doing nothing arrayed against him. Um, again, his party uh, controls just 38 of the 257 seats in Argentina's lower house and only eight of the 72 seats in the Senate. But saying all that, he has a fighting chance. Why? Because things are so awful in Argentina. Because people are so desperate, they're willing to give a radical libertarian a chance. The word revolution is entirely overused in foreign policy. We're always talking about a revolution. It, it, it gathers headlines. It gathers clicks. And that's why people read it. But it's often sloppy, lazy language. This is not. This is truly a libertarian revolution. This is a sea change from the Peronism, from the statism that has governed Argentina and run the country into a ditch these past seven decades. And this is a wonderful laboratory to see if unfettered capitalism can deliver a better result. Obviously, in any revolution, there are all kinds of missteps along the way. And that's not really the point. In essence, Malay has to answer the question that's going to plague Joe Biden coming up. Do you feel better off now than you did before? That's the ultimate question, the question that Ronald Reagan posed to Jimmy Carter in the 1980 election in the United States. Do you feel better off than you did four years ago, as President Reagan put it when he was a challenger to Carter? And that's really the only thing Malay has to frame. Do you feel better off for all the missteps that will come from his libertarian revolution than you did in a country and with a Peronist, statist, center-left, social democratic, corrupt, sclerotic establishment that gave you 140% inflation, half the people on welfare, 40% of the people poor below the UN poverty line, and $44 billion in debt. 
I would just hammer that home over and over and over again. But fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be one heck of a ride. And I'm fascinated as a Jeffersonian Thatcherite, as a believer in capitalism and the freedom that it gives people to watch Malay un unfetter Argentinian capitalism and lead his libertarian revolution. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this. El Loco and the Libertarian Revolution in Argentina. Um, for those of you who haven't subscribed, please do so. Many, many of you have, and we're gratified. And for those of you who have subscribed, again, $70. That's all we're asking. Please do give because we're devoting more and more time to this, and I have to make this make sense for the staff. As you might guess, business, thank God, is booming at the moment, and I want to keep faith with our community, but that requires a tiny bit of money, enough for the cappuccino that I just downed, one a month. So $7 a month or $70 a year, and we will continue scanning the entire world, looking at Argentina, an emerging market, a serious country, one that people don't understand, and one that my firm and I spend an awful lot of time thinking about. We are truly global in our approach. That's another difference between us and our competitors who, when they say global, they mean, well, the U.S., Europe, maybe Japan. We're not. We are global. And we want to investigate more and more the multipolar world, the rest of the world, the rising rest, and seeing all the differences and fascination and opportunities that are out there. So please, we're only asking 70 bucks a year. It's almost nothing, but a lot to us. And if all of you do it as you are, we will keep them coming. Last thing to say, please do order the book. This is the time to do so. The Last Best Hope, available on both the British Amazon for pre-order as well as the American Amazon. January 10th is our D-Day when we need all of you to go online and say, give us the five stars and say, can't wait to get for the book so that we can make Jeff Bezos's algorithm work for us. So if we all do this in the community, thousands and thousands of you are in our community. If we all do this at once, the book will have this huge multiplier and will undoubtedly be a bestseller. January 10th is D-Day for us. Go online, give us the five stars and say, can't wait to read it. Please do this. And this will make amplify all the work that we share with you all the time. Thank you so much. Fun to do a different one to talk about something other than Ukraine, U.S. politics, Hamas, and Taiwan. Great to talk about the rest of the world and El Loco and the Libertarian Revolution in Argentina. Have a great week.